Hi guys, welcome back to Helping Teachers Thrive. In this episode, I had the pleasure of interviewing Annabelle, the visionary behind Balance for Teachers. Annabelle developed this strategy herself after 10 years of research, directly influenced by her experiences with stress and burnout. She's on a mission to reduce stress-related illnesses among educators, aiming to help one teacher at a time improve their work-life balance and consequently their well-being. I hope you enjoy it. Let's get straight into the episode. So Balance for Teachers is, hopefully as it says in the name, it's all about helping teachers discover a work-life balance um, in, in, in a way which allows them to reduce anxiety and switch off. Um, so not just that there's like a cookie-cutter way of doing things, like this is what a work-life balance should look like and this is how you should be doing it, but more a case of finding within yourself balance. Because you might be a teacher who has kids, you might be a teacher who doesn't, you mm. might be a teacher who's been teaching for 20 years, you might be an NQT, you could be someone who has health concerns, you might be someone that doesn't have health concerns. So teachers, there's a broad range of personalities, lifestyles, lots going on. So balance for teachers is very much about finding your internal balance in your life right mm. now and being That's able before. It, no matter what so it doesn't matter if you're in a mainstream school if you're in a private school wherever you are and whatever school you're in ultimately it's about understanding how you can calm and support yourself to find a harmony that works for you um rather than looking externally and going well as a teacher i should be working these number of hours and a good teacher looks like this and this is how i should do it for me that's rubbish like not at all and the way Balance for Teachers um, started, as you're asking in terms of like, where did it all begin, it began as an accident, really, <laughs> to be perfectly <laughs> fair, because I'm a teacher's daughter. Um, I've taught at times in schools, but I've never been a full-time teacher, mainly because my dad kind of pushed me away from it. <laughs> don't do it, don't do it. Um, well, it's not true. Um, no one really pushed me away from it, but they didn't promote me becoming a teacher. But I have natural um, aspects where I've taught in different scenarios and I love coaching and I love teaching and explaining things and finding ways of explaining things. But also my personality traits are very similar to those of teachers. Now, I, by the time I was 21, I uh, had disassociative seizures. So dissociative seizures are where your body is at what's known as stage five burnout. And um, so it's got to a point where the threat has become so high in your body, you've been stressed for so long that it just shut itself down. It basically mm -hmm. breaks away from reality. So a lot of my personality traits, a lot of the way I overworked, I wanted to do, I put everyone else first, you know, <sighs> I for everyone I wanted to do everything I'd work 24 7 I'd be exhausted all the time I'm like no no everyone else can do it surely I can do it and I'd push and I'd push and I always felt like I was like chasing all the time and I had that lovely um perfectionism traits where everything had to be perfect I had to triple double quadruple check everything um and it was burning me out like I would just go into this constant burnout cycle so by the time I was 21 um, I was hospitalized um, and they turned around to me after they did lots of tests and I went to this like big brother house um, where they mm. they pretty much just monitored me for six, it was, I think it was about six weeks, they monitored me, I lost my job, um, 
it, wow. <laughs> it was crazy like it was absolutely crazy um so this I mean I was 21 when I went to hospital by the time I actually got seen I had left university by that point and I'd actually had a job and everything so I'd just come out of university just got a job and I was I was having so many seizures every day it was becoming impossible and so I went to this center best like the specialist so I've been waiting for a long time all specialists I thought finally they're going to give me a medication it's going to help me they're going to give me a diagnosis and they sat me down and said oh no um there's nothing we can do for you uh, you actually it's stress and if anyone has ever been in that position where you go to a doctor or you go to a medical professional and they go it's stress it's like what do I do with that like what am I I don't because I, I was like I'm not I was so angry I was like I'm not faking it I'm not doing mm. it um, but I was collapsing and just having these seizures now I was born with epilepsy which is why there was a lot of confusion but they said you've got epilepsy but you're growing out of that but you've also got this disassociation so some of your seizures are epilepsy and some oh. of them association but my body was just going, I can't do this. So bright lights, loud noises, um, anything that was even slightly, the world was just overwhelming and there was too many sensations. And it took me, I would say about 10 years to go from burnout to balance. And I studied everything. So when I left that hospital, I realized that no one else was going to help me. Like There was no medication. There was nothing anyone was going to do. The only person that could help me was me. So I sought out a counselor, I then discovered a coach, which actually I found was better for me personally. But you do need to go around and just check, like try things out. You know, there's so many different ways when it comes to therapy and coaching that you might just try away and go, ah, oh, I get it. it. It just it just clicks. And so I did a little bit of shopping in terms of trying different things. And I landed on a holistic coach. Um, a year later, my seizures stopped completely I had no wow. more um and then I well my coach came to me and said would you like to become qualified as a coach and I was like yes I'd love that so I then did a a year qualification of like developing and understanding and COVID uh was probably a couple of years after I qualified COVID happened and I had a previous uh fitness studio in London where I helped with women's health um and it was I was holistic coaching there um but I decided that I didn't want to go back to it and I thought well do you know what I love working with people I love that this work but something didn't gel anymore you know when you get those moments and I'm sure teachers have had it um maybe if you're listening where you're like do I stay in teaching do I not stay in teaching like yes yeah of course yeah I was at that stage where I was like do I stay do I go like do I close it do I keep it mm. And I remember sitting and um, watching Netflix. I was like, I don't know what I was watching. I was just doing that Netflix uh, thing. And I was just sat there sort of watching it, sort of dazing out. And I just had this moment when, no, I don't want to do this. And um, so I, I shut down my previous business. I think it was the second lockdown that we had. Um, and I just sat with it. Like I just sat and I was like, I'm just going to, whatever the universe wants me to do next, I'll do next and I as like everyone was I was on social media and I was looking through things and I just sat I remember it was Christmas day I was laying in my bed and I was thinking about everything that week of how I'd got from burnout to balance and like everything I studied from nutrition 
was studying mindset and how to work with the mind and the physical fitness that I'd been doing for years, it boiled down to like a few concepts. Mm. When I looked back, I was like, but that's how I stopped my seizures, like by taking these steps. And then I looked back and I was like, well, that's how I did this. And that's how I, and so I sat there and I was like, wow, these steps are such simple steps, but everyone's overcomplicating it. Like you go online and everyone's going this way, that way, do it this way, do it that. And you're like, I don't know, I'm already stressed. I remembered I was so busy and so burnt out. Like walking upstairs with the washing was hard. Like everything felt heavy. Everything was difficult. So many people needed my attention and I was exhausted. Like I I think it was, I remember, I remembered back and I think at one point there was two years where I didn't even cry because my body just physically got it was just like I can't functioning the way it was meant to function um and so I was laying in my bed Christmas day and I thought I'm not getting out of bed until I think of an acronym (laughs) (laughs) an acronym I need an acronym and that's how balance got formed which was the first strategy um that I created and I then just sat back and I was like well I don't know who I want to help because I know this strategy works and I don't know who I want to help and during lockdown, I was on social media and so many teachers, loads were coming up like burner, all the symptoms I'd seen, everything I'd done before. And I was like, okay, this is interesting. So I launched my first five day challenge and I put it out there and lo and behold, teachers started to come towards me. And I thought, okay, I'm a believer in the bigger universe and just, you know, trusting what's mm. happening. Going slow. Um, and then Balance for Teachers was formed. So it just, it kind of all collided together. And I was like, oh, okay, brilliant, fantastic. Um, so it's, it's a long story, but ultimately um, it's quite a big chunk of my life. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it took me 10 years of studying. And I get to witness now the teachers that work with Balance for Teachers. And they achieve what took me 10 years in like 12 weeks. And I'm wow. like, oh, and like six months, I was talking to someone the other day and I said, it's amazing watching people go through the program. Mm. Wanted balance teachers to grow organically and, you know, you just word of mouth and, and just, you know, gradually, I wasn't like, I just want to help one teacher at a time. Right. So I just want to know that, that teacher's supported and they then have those strategies, which will ripple out to more teachers and then the next one and the next one, because yeah. we can't change the education system. It's too big. Right, we can scream, we can holler. Eventually, years to come, it will develop and it will change. Um, but right now, the people that are in teaching are not going to get affected by that big change. And so, for yeah. me, it's about changing education from the inside out, one teacher at a time, supporting them, helping them get a work-life balance that they can then show it's possible, and they can change this. Oh, a good teacher looks like this. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> um, not at all a good team no. themselves first is able to show up fully in class because they're looking mm-hmm. after themselves right not someone who's distracted or like I was like I just I couldn't give because I had an empty cup as they like to say I was completely drained so there was nothing I could give um so yeah for, for me balance for teachers yeah it's phenomenal to see that it was just me being stubborn and not getting out of bed yeah. <laughs> but an acronym 
<laughs> now it's turned into this amazing thing. You, you've built up that knowledge over 10 years and now you're helping teachers to try and realize what well, there is a way for me to improve my work-life balance. There is a way to improve my well-being because it's, it's difficult. It's difficult teaching, um, I don't know about other countries, but in the UK, we're constantly being overwhelmed with things, whether it's paperwork or assessment or meeting after meeting. And it's just, it can be such a downward spiral. And then we start to put our family on the back burner and not spend enough time with them as well. So as a teacher's daughter, how did that affect you growing up as a child under a teacher's roof? It's interesting because I, I had, you know, I had a good upbringing. I've got fantastic parents. We can all find things where we're like, oh, I wish I, I wish I had done it this way, or I wish you know. Yeah. <laughs> you break your children for them, for them to then them fix themselves and become who they're meant to become. So, um, yeah, for me, I think I remember my dad working a lot. Like I remember him working, and I think part of me learned that working was a good thing. Like, you know, you should be working. And um, in later years before he retired, he did stop doing that. Like he stopped bringing work mm. and things like that. But throughout the first portion when I was very young, and so when he first started and he was in teaching, um, I just remember him having a study and he'd go in and study. Um, he'd have work out all over the dining table when he was marking and stuff yeah. like that. <laughs> and grading and doing it. And I remember <laughs> he did a project as he was a design technology teacher. And he did a project once um, and he would like, they would like toys. And so as he, he'd get us involved and be like, you know, do you like this one? Or why do you like this one? You know, that's, mm. so I remember good things about it. And my dad was very present as a dad as well. But I also remember him being um, tired when he came home, like frustrated um, and like other things, which, you know, any job you might see that. But as a kid, I think the biggest takeaway I found was that seeing him work a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Was, uh, I think for me as, as a kid, I kind of, because remember children will take on a perception that they take on. So you can't change anything as a parent, right? It's their perception of what you're doing. And for whatever yeah. reason, my perception was that I should work a lot. Like that's what I should be doing no at no point did my parents ever say you should work a lot or you should work harder or you should if anything my parents were like you're still working stop working like that's what <laughs> stop working like stop working all the time um but I just children watch and then they learn right and so yes he very much is a perfectionist yes he would be get stressed and worried and I, you know I remember like him him being like that but not to a point because my my dad puts family first. Like, you know, he's, his family is very important to him. So we did have a lot of playtime together and we did have all of that other stuff as well. So I don't think children necessarily see teachers as parents in, in that way, if that makes it in a negative yeah. way. You don't see it. Even if your parents have a different job, you don't. But you pick up certain things. And as I said, I, I definitely inherited his perfectionism trait um, it's worrying trait um, all that sort of stuff and whether it was a teacher or not I probably still would have picked that up um, because it runs in if I look it runs in his family it's those types of personalities isn't it yes yeah definitely so I think so do you think as like because kids pick up from adults and we're as teachers we're role models for our students just like we are for our own children 
So when we are overwhelmed and we are, we feel burnout, we feel stressed and anxious, that's going to come across in our teaching. That's going to come across in those classrooms and our students are going to be watching us and they're going to be observing how we're reacting and whether or not we're self-regulating. So, so what are the biggest challenges that your clients have come to you with and gone, look, I'm really struggling with this. Like help, how do I overcome this? How do I improve my work-life balance so I can be better for my students? Yeah, it's such a valuable point, right? On how it really does change when you're in the classroom. Um, because I'll give you an example of a, of a recent client who we had a coaching call together. Um, and as a coach, we don't, we don't give you the answers, right? No. Every strategy is about you finding your way. It's like a vehicle to get you to where you need to be, right? Rather than just being like, I have no idea where to start. You know, how am I ever going to cut these hours back? How am I ever going to stop getting overwhelmed without these responsibilities? Yada, yada, yada. Um, and we were having a coaching call because she was drained and she'd had a lot of life events. So you're not, if you're not knowledgeable in like therapy, life events are basically things like getting married, um, they're not necessarily negative it could be a funeral it could be losing someone it could be um moving house anything like that we forget that it's not all about work if you've got life events going on in life um a divorce new relationship whatever it is yeah <laughs> lots of them consecutively then your body is going to have more stress in it whether it's positive or not so you've got you stress which is positive stress um, and you do want positive stress on the body. Mm. But we have this harmony, right, of like how much is going on outside of work and how much is going on inside of work that can then collide, as it were. So in the classroom, um, I had a, a client recently who I was working with and she was saying she had a lot of life events happen that year and she was just exhausted. She was like, I've just got a lot going on. And so I said to her, like, you know, what percent percentage do you have available to you she was like I feel like I've got like 20% right and I always say to people if you don't feel 100% this was a Brené Brown, Brown podcast interview I was listening to so Brené Brown if you're not sure fabulous woman um have you heard of her no I haven't actually <laughs> she's um a social scientist and oh wow okay in shame and emotions and vulnerability she had a famous TED talk a number of years ago loads of wonderful books I'm like pitching her like crazy now but she's wow, brilliant <laughs> and she's very much that logical person I used to be very logical now I'm probably like logical slash woo like everything mm. I do science back behind it or it's got some sort of um it, there's been practice in it so I'm not fully on the woo side or fully on the science side I'm in that middle of like is this simple and applicable to every day like can this work is kind of where I sit um so anyway, she was on this podcast and she said with her partner, they have this 80, they have this 100% rule. So they'll come in and come home and they'll say, I've got 60. And then the partner will say like, you know, I've got 40. If they equal 100% and they're good. If one of them goes, oh, I've got 20. And the other one goes, um, I've got 20. They sit down, have a family meeting and then look at how they can get themselves back to 100. Oh, wow. That's a great strategy. I was like, that's phenomenal. I love that. And I love the whole idea of the percentages. And I listened to this a long time ago. And so she was, she was, we were talking in this call and then um, she said to me, you know, I, I just, I just don't have a lot. I said, look, do you feel like your class can help you? Because it was not only life events, but she had a, a particular child in her class who was very difficult. 
we've all been there um yeah yes we have very challenging and probably shouldn't be in a mainstream school right um but she still had 30 children to look after plus this kid plus she had loads of stuff going on and she's like I just I'm not sure how I do it and so we're talking about these percentages things like that and she came back to me um in a message a few days later and she, and I because I said to her you know could your class help you because children as we were saying earlier very observant they know right they know if you're off they'll go you're right miss like do you know what I mean they'll say you know, yeah they will <laughs> me um she unfortunately lost someone and she went into class and she was a bit teary and uh one of the children just went hey fever miss like knowing full well like because they'd spoken about stuff before and she knew full well she was upset but that's she goes yeah, yeah yeah hay fever hay fever and it just cheered her up the children they pick up so much so quickly um because they don't necessarily have the vocabulary yet but emotionally they can pick things up um and so i said you know could they help you and she went you know what i did so i went into class and i drew a battery on the board and then i colored in the battery and she went right guys i've got this much today in my energy reserve like this is how much energy i've got right and i think she kind of said it was about 20 percent. and um she said so i need you guys to help me with this to see if by the end of class we can get my battery up and through the whole class they're like how's your battery miss how's your battery <laughs> like, <laughs> and she went i got to 60 percent. right and i think that's phenomenal right just to rather than feel like I'm against this, I've got to control this. She then went into that idea of um, allowing, it's like, allow, it's like I always say to people, you can't save anyone. You can't fix anyone. You can't say they can only do it for themselves. And the less we try and control, the less we try and organize other people and, and we start going, right, how can they learn even from their mistakes, even from when, you know, everything that's going on, how can they learn? And how can that take pressure off me? Right. She didn't mm -hmm. need, fix herself get more like she didn't need to do anything what she needed to was to ask help from her class and they they did right and, and that's what we are scared of as teachers aren't we we're not we're too scared to ask for help because we think that makes us look weaker when it doesn't it's a sign of strength and we just need to be able to just ask somebody for help but i love that idea that's amazing with the 50 with the battery because the, the kids can see a visual of how she's feeling and that actually encourages them to want you to feel better and they'll start doing things to make you feel better and make you smile and laugh. So I think that's that's amazing, getting your, your students involved. Because you spend all day long, with your, if you're a primary school teacher, you spend all day long with your class. Um, or if you have a number of different classes, you spend hours throughout the year with your students. They get to know you and it helps you to build that relationship up with them. Just go, look, guys, can you help me out with this? Like, this is how I'm feeling. And let's get me up to this percentage, for example. I don't, it's, that's such a great strategy to use. As yeah. a teacher, I think it's going to help so many teachers out there think, well, hang on, how can I get my my class to now help me sort of feel better and we can all boost our self-esteem together and improve our well-being as a class. Yeah. So getting them involved in something. I mean, it's a beautiful concept. And that exactly is another teacher who she doesn't work with me anymore. We did one-to-one -one coaching together two years ago now. And um, she went off and it's been fun. She found a dream job and it was beautiful to witness her journey. And I, every now and again, she messages back. She's like, it's still like, she still uses strategies. Once you know the strategies, you know, you don't have to be with balanced teachers forever. Yeah. You can, if you want to, but ultimately once you get the hang of it, it becomes habit. Um, and she actually, when I was coaching her said to me, um, she worked in a, a behavioral school 
Um, so she only had about eight people in her class, or eight children or pupils, and all those particular pupils were of different levels of behaviour. And she actually went into the class and each morning was saying how she felt that day. Like, that's how I feel, like, come on guys, let's work together, and, you know, all this sort of stuff. Um, and one day this girl, let's call her Hannah, um, she went up to her and said, uh, Miss, I'm feeling a bit angry right now. Um, is it okay if I go to the quiet corner and just go there for a bit and then afterwards I'll do my work? And well, she went, yeah, no problem. Went off for about 10, 15 minutes. Next time she looked up, she'd come back and she was doing her work. Yeah. Right? And <laughs> she learned rather than kick off, get angry, like start to misbehave and all the rest of it, she learned to listen to her feelings, ask for what she needed, and and and, yeah, and like even now I'm like welling up because <laughs> it's the ripple effect, right? Yep. Um, my purpose at Balance for Teachers and my purpose in life is I want to reduce stress-related illness in the world because mm -hmm. I don't want anyone to go through what I what I went through. Now, the the way I reduce it in future is for me working with teachers. You're in front of these children that are taking mm -hmm. on these habits. Now, obviously, you are a portion of their life. They've got other external factors. But those kids are picking up these strategies. So it's not just the colleagues. It's not just, you know, you guys or the generation we're in, you're experiencing the burnout and then getting fixed, as it were. Or in other words, fixing yourself. For me, no one's broken. Your body's working the way it's meant to work. You're just not listening. Um, mm. In terms of the next generation... They may never have to experience stress-related illness or even stress at a, a high level because you've supported them by mm -hmm. showing them how to do it. And then that, you know, that girl is going to communicate how she feels. That's why I think Balance for Teachers is such an amazing such an amazing idea because you're teaching teachers to be able to implement those structures themselves to help improve their own work-life balance and their own well-being. Then we're demonstrating to our to our children. So then they're learning from us. I work in a special needs school. So I have students that struggle to self-regulate their emotions. So picking up strategies like this that I can then take into class and go, well, how about we try this, guys? And I need a bit of help today. This is how I'm feeling. How can we make ourselves feel better? And then helping them identify how they feel on a day-to-day -day basis so that they can improve how they regulate emotions as well. I think that's a brilliant thing to help improve the next generation in terms of reducing all these stress-related illnesses, I think. Definitely, 100% agree. Brilliant strategy, I think, to use in lessons. Now, I'm doing your five-day challenge, aren't I? Starting Monday. <laughs> Very excited. I'm like, it's so close now, it's so close. Yeah. Okay. this time, yes. How would you, how do you think I should prepare or how do you think I should get the best out of the challenge? So the challenge itself, for those who might not know about it, is it's called the yeah. Discover Life Outside Work Challenge. It's a free challenge for teachers, and I I basically give away the balance strategy because I want as many people to have it as possible. And the way the challenge works is that you get a fifteen minute task. Now, as you were just saying, mm. strategies we teach at Balance for Teachers, I appreciate because I've been there that you mm. don't have a lot to do, right? It's too much to try and do extra when you're already exhausted or you're already doing stuff. So every strategy and everything that's built at Balance for Teachers is kept simple and it's about reducing your to-do list, not adding to your to-do list. So the way the Balance 5-Day Challenge works is each day there is a 15-minute task. So mm -hmm. you might decide in preparation, okay, well, I'm going to, and it releases at 6am each morning. 
So you might decide I'm going to read the task in the morning and then I'm going to allocate a certain time in the day to uh, read it, right, properly and then digest it. Um, or you might read it and digest it in the morning before you go to work and then just start applying it in the day or just sit with the, the whatever it is that you're working on. So each day is a letter of the balance. Okay. The way that it works is we have that release at six. There's ask your questions at five. So you can basically ask me any questions you want to ask. And then there's a live at 8 p.m. every evening. And I, I put it in like a kind of category and says you could just do the task and you would experience enough to experience the balance strategy. The way I do the lives is the lives are there if you want more. So I'm basically there for five days going, ask me your questions and I'll give you like all the <laughs> answers I can do. So the lives are slightly longer. And um, so they usually, I just, I'm there to answer any questions and I'll stay as long as I'm needed. But usually they last between 30 minutes to an hour. And okay. the intention is, you know, for people just, you know, relax, put your feet up. We have coaching calls now and people show up in their pajamas. Like, it's That's brilliant. <laughs> That is, there's a random, we do group coaching and it's very much like, do you mind if I just put some cosy, a cosy, and I'm like, yeah, I don't remember how it started, but it started. So now, every now and again, people just show up in their pajamas, you know, they've got a nice drink. Yeah. It's, it's just that you show up to the live. I mean, you're not even on the video camera or anything like that. It's just me and I'm there talking and then you ask your questions and I'll answer them. So I usually go through the task of that day in a bit more detail, how to apply it, why it's there and everything else. So it happens for five days and then you've got Saturday and Sunday. You might choose, well, I don't want to do it in the week. I'm just going to do it on the Saturday, Sunday. And you just do everything together um, okay. or each day. Um, but ultimately, the idea and intention is that it will be released through the week and then Sunday it closes and I just remove everything. Right. So it goes on the Sunday. Um, but it's all been developed to keep it very, very simple easy to apply so that you have a strategy that you can take away at the end and know how to do it um, and just start applying it. So it's not about the balance strategy in itself. Yes, during that week, it is technically adding to your to-do list because you're going to be doing either 15 minutes or you're going to do a little bit longer if you're going to do, join the live. Um, but actually, once you've got the strategy, the balance strategy itself can take like 30 seconds to implement. Okay. Right. So it's a very mm. quick strategy. And it's just a way of thinking of things, the way of taking rather than looking externally out at everything going, you know, I, I, I just can't get it to like, it's about going inwards and mm. understand what do you actually want, right? Because if you're a people pleaser, like I used to be a perfectionist um, and all these other things going on in your personality, then you're constantly looking outwards for answers or results or like, you know, what should I be doing or should I be doing this? rather than looking inwards and going, well, what feels good for me? And the balance strategy shows you how in any given moment you can regulate yourself and go, ah, oh, hold up a second. I need space to think about this. You know, you could ut utilize it to say, um, how to say no, you know, like how to actually give yourself the opportunity, <laughs> um, which is always a tough one. We've got a whole section on that. Um, you've, you know, the, the intention behind the, the five-day challenge is not to give more to teachers, but rather to show that it's possible and um, mm. you can do it. And in those, I mean, even the five-day challenge itself, we have people come back and repeat it. And you can repeat it as many times as you need. I do it at the beginning of every term as like a, a reset and a, a check-in. 
And I think I was looking the other day and someone's, a couple of people have joined, done it like 11 times, right? They just wow, it's amazing. Again and again and again, because it's a way to set your boundaries um, and say, right, where am I at? And so actually I'll, I'll post it later, but someone commented because I'm starting to let people in and they commented and said, um, you know, I've done this challenge multiple times. I still use the strategies when I'm not on the challenge and it helps. Like it really helps when I'm not on. So I've had other people say, you know, I did the challenge once. I only managed two days, came back another time, managed three days. You know, it, it's a challenge at the end of the day. That's mm. the behind it. But if you're going to prepare for it, it's a case of going, well, I know that I've got a task every day for five days. And if I need that extra time, I've got the weekend. So it's just about scheduling at least 15 minutes for yourself every day. Yeah. That in itself is the first step. Yeah, because as teachers, it's you will think that there's so much going on. We haven't got enough hours in the day when, of course, we do. It's just being able to schedule it and know that this is what I'm doing this. I'm going to forget about work and focus on what I'm doing and do this task rather than get planning or marking or having to do assessments and things like that. It's just about scheduling in certain specific time slots in the day to be able to put ourselves first and do complete those tasks. I think that's probably what I'll probably do in the morning, I think, because I like wake up at five o'clock in the morning. So be able to just sit there and just spend time. <laughs> to do it before I go to work because I have to go to work till half seven. So I'll have time in the morning, I reckon. So then I can implement it throughout the day. I think that's probably going to work better for me as a teacher. And the so, <laughs> sorry? 5 a.m. club. Yeah, I am part of the 5 a.m. club. Sometimes 5.30, but um, I try and get up at five o'clock as much as I can. Now in the UK, as you know, we, as teachers, we do struggle a lot with our work-life balance. We struggle a lot with our overload in terms of everything that's being put on us a lot. So implementing the strategy, do you feel that in the long run, hopefully this will reduce the number of teachers leaving the profession and hopefully increase the retention of teachers if we can increase teachers' ability to be able to balance their work life in a meaningful way that's for them and more that will help them improve their well-being? Do you think in the long run it could helpfully, hopefully increase the retention of teachers so we're not losing as many teachers to other professions? I would hope so. I'm hoping it becomes yeah. in terms of like um use like the ripple effect of it and things like that. I mean, I've had teachers go both ways because there's a difference uh if you're kind of guilting yourself to stay into the profession but it's time for you to move on. That's yeah, different. yeah. <laughs> not everyone's going to be a teacher forever. It could be a chapter in your life and then you go, well actually I kind of, I, I'm not in love with the teaching anymore. Like like not in being in front of the classroom. Where I hear um, something different is when someone says, I love being in, in front of the kids. It's the other stuff. And I'm yes. like, well, then you still love teaching. Now it might be that, that it's no longer in that form. And actually it's a different school or it's a different like way of, you know you're teaching children in a different environment and it's not through the education system it might be an international school you know there's so many options and um, that can feel really scary and so I've coached people at Balance for Teachers who have left teaching and um, so they've come to me and they're like I don't know what to do I'm you know exhausted and everything else and um, we've done the coaching together and then they've decided actually no and they've messaged me a year later and gone I'm so happy right um brilliant <laughs> in their body better they're but i've actually coached them through the process of how to lead teaching 
right how to go from like this place where they feel like it's all they know because ultimately if you're already stressed and anxious that's a huge changing schools or you know it's difficult it takes time to actually transition yourself you worry about you know i mean that particular person was worried about the school they were in a very negative or like people like to call it toxic school and therefore they were like you know what they're going to do to like for my um references and you know, and, you know she needed that support to help her through but she pretty much already made the decision she had an she decided that she wanted to go for an interim so we looked at the options of you know and she went and did like a, an interim period uh i think it was she was covering maternity somewhere or something like that um and i said well try that as a different school and see if it's still a problem she went tried another school and went yeah i'm done like mm. <laughs> and you know with education sometimes we think we can only work in schools no right so many work in different educational departments and you know do lots of different things so it doesn't mean that you have to be in that school that type of school you know shop around find what works for you but ultimately you need to know what you want and if you don't know what you want then you're not going to find it right you have to first go inside and say like what am I looking for and then I've got other teachers on the flip side that I've worked with which is probably like 80% of the teachers I work with that have been considering leaving come on to balance for teachers and they're in love with their job again right because it was nothing to do with teaching it was to do with them not having a life outside work and yes, it just of course i become a teacher and that's all i am and mm. so they family members going you know you're not listening you're never here you know all these other things that where the, your loved ones are worried about you um and therefore and you're like yeah but i've got this stuff and it has to be done no one else is going to do it like i'm responsible for these kids and and then you feel torn and these arguments start to kick off and and it does affect relationships it does affect everything else because you're not listening to yourself and what you want and what you need so i have worked with teachers that have stayed in teaching and fallen in love with it so what i'm trying to get at is there's no right or wrong to it it's about ultimately listening to yourself and so when I was studying over those 10 years, nutrition and studying um, all about like physical body and how we move and how, you know, we know that if we're stressed and we close up, don't we? Like physically, yes. you know, all these different things that like the body tells you, it tells you what's going on. Uh, the words you're using, the language you're using will tell you when I'm coaching, I'm listening to, yes, I'm listening to what people are talking about, but I'm actually listening to the tone of your voice the space between the words, how often you repeat certain things. Um, you know, what is it that your brain just keeps going back to over and over again? So I'm watching body language. I'm listening to the words you're saying. I'm hearing, you know, oh, my stomach just gets really upset after eating. Or, you know, I just find that if I eat dairy, I just feel horrendous. And all these things, you know, like skin problems. And um, one of that one of the ones that actually left uh, she, it was alcohol you know i said i said to her like she was drinking like pretty much every night and i said to her your body is, is struggling right it's already a toxic overload and you're adding more to toxins to the body and um, now you can drink of course right the body can handle so much but if you've got um skin products you're putting on plus you're you know and you're already under stress you've got the physical stress the mental stress your body is, is called allostatic overload, where your body just, it it cannot regulate. Like, it, it's like, I'm trying, but I'm just going against it. 
was about chipping away. And when she messaged me a year later, she's like, I stopped drinking. Right? Amazing. Got, you can only do it when you're ready. But it was like she needed to do one bit at a time, right? You will come to a point. And so I was coaching. It's not like you should do this. It's like, well, here are some options, right? Here's what your body is telling me. And if I ask someone, you know, if you're listening to your body, what, what, what is your body saying? Most of the time they can tell me, right? It's about <laughs> learning. It's about learning to regulate yourself. And what I love about working with teachers is that teachers do it with their kids all the time, especially primary teachers. You are always there helping children to regulate. You even do lessons in emotions and lessons. yes, we do. <laughs> yeah. I'll come onto a coaching call and actually that lady came on to, uh, at the end of her 12 weeks she did one-to-one -one. end of the 12 weeks she said to me she went um isn't it funny that you haven't taught me anything new because I teach the kids and yet I feel like a completely different person <laughs> like and it's because you can teach this stuff but to actually do it and to feel it is a whole other matter because that for me, if you are like I was a workaholic, the hardest thing to do is slow down. Because yeah, because it's all you know, yeah. It's all you know, but also when you slow down and you feel, you have to feel. And when it comes to um the strategies we teach and everything else, it's not hard, right? The stuff we teach isn't difficult stuff. It's simple for a reason, but it's challenging, right? Even on the five-day challenge, people have moments where they're like, whoa, I just burst into tears. Or I just, you know, I just suddenly felt this, like my shoulders just relaxed and I just suddenly like, whoa. And it's because if you have those aha moments and you actually feel and connect to your body, you are then going internally, right? You're using a different part of your brain and therefore, because you're going internally, it feels vulnerable, right? It feel, you don't, most people who are perfectionists or I think generally teach, like control, right? They like to know things are in the right place, things are done, they've done it themselves. And that's why the to-do list is so long because you feel like you have to do everything. I used to be that person was like, if a poster had to go up, I had to see it go up. I had to yes. put it up because I knew it was there. And part of the process was learning how to let go of that and go, I trust you to put it up. And if it all goes, right. it's fine, right? The poster wasn't there, not a problem, obviously, <laughs> but I don't need to physically do that poster. And my world got so much lighter when I realized that I was not the best person at stuff. I'm not, right? I have a teaching assistant or ex-teaching assistant that works at Balance for Teachers now. And um, she's my virtual assistant. She's amazing, right? And I'm, I mean, we all know teaching assistants are superstars anyway. They're super Yes, great. unbelievable. You know, and I have a, another a, a coach who works alongside me and she is still a teacher. Um, she's been a head teacher. She's worked with, she's ended up finding her place where she felt comfortable um, in SLT, but she's not a head of a school. She decided she didn't want to do that. And she works part-time. So for her, she found her happy harmony. She went through our program, became a qualified coach. And she now works alongside me. Her name's also Annabelle, which is very confusing. Um, there's, you know, a lot of stuff I go, well, she's actually better than me at this. 
right? I have a business partner, I don't like numbers, right? So when I started Balance for Teachers, I spoke to my previous operations manager and said, would you like to join me on this venture? Because you're great at strategy and you're great at numbers and I can do them, but it takes me twice as long. Mm. Right? What I want to do is the coaching. I want to be there with people. I want to support them. Cool. I want to create. And like, I'm a naturally more creative person. So I'm like, I want to do that side of things, but this stuff needs doing. And this is what you love doing. Um, so I think when you start to learn how to not be in control and be okay with it and actually flow with things and know that everything's happening for a reason and we are exactly where we're meant to be in any given moment, you start to relax, right? You, it, you're less in that fight or flight response all the time and they're reacting to things. You start to respond to things, <clears throat> excuse me. So that's what all the strategies are that we have about speech are all about. It's about learning how to listen to yourself. That's, I think that's what we do need to learn as teachers because I'm a control freak. I'm, I'm constantly thinking about in my classroom, what could go wrong? What do I need to do? Where's this? Where's that? Um, and that's just exhausting. So by the time I come home at the end of the day, I'm just exhausted. I just collapse. And sometimes I fall asleep on the couch. I'm so tired because that mental energy I've used all day long. So just being able to just sort of stop and think and sort of let go a little bit would be so helpful. I think also as a teacher, we're, what about the accountability? So if anything that happens in your classroom, anything that goes wrong, um, behavior-wise, grade-wise, you always think, well, I'm, account like, I'm accountable because that's my classroom, I'm the class lead. I think that's the massive stress that we have as teachers because we we're held accountable for our grades, for our subjects, for our classes. So being able to just let go and just think, well, hang on a sec, <laughs> how can I best delegate, for example, or reduce my stress levels? That's, that's something that I'm looking forward to getting out of the five-day challenges. I just need to reduce my stress levels and not be in control all the time <laughs> at any given moment, I think. <laughs> element of letting go, right? So we say, you know, someone says to you, oh, just let go of it. You're like, oh, right, and you go. <laughs> And it's because there's so many levels to it. You have different levels to your, your mind and your consciousness. And this is what the balance strategy is about. And you'll love day three, Tim. You'll love it. Um, because <laughs> it's all about making an agreement within yourself. So your ego, and we all have one, it's about survival, right? It wants So your ego will highlight any threat, like any potential threat. And so as a teacher, you, as you mentioned, you're held accountable. So... You, we are wired as humans from the past to look for negative, right? You're wired. Yeah. And therefore to create um, synapses and neuro pathways that are positively uh, looking at things takes practice. And it took practice for me as well, because one of the things I inherited was always looking for the negative. And so for me to come out of depression and to come out of all this stuff, I had to learn how to look for the positive. And I remember just every time going, what's the positive and now it's so habit people go you're positive all the time and I, I don't even know but I'm, I wouldn't say I, I'm not a fan of like positive thinking it's very airy fairy um it's about solution finding and letting mm. go it's not about going ah oh, well if it goes wrong like fine whatever it's about the consequence you perceive because the threat isn't letting go it's the, what it means to you to let go so if you're thinking, I'm going to lose my job, which means that I'm, and in that split second, your brain's going through all of this. You're just thinking, oh, you know, I don't know, something's happened. 
like you've got to do something and you think well if i don't do that i'll lose my job i won't have any money then if i don't have money i can't pay my bills and then what my family going to go to and you're not consciously thinking this stuff but your brain is going through this all the things that could go possibly wrong and because you train that as a teacher you're super fast at doing that right super fast <laughs> yeah too fast <laughs> and so what it's about is going okay i want to be able to let go of this and feel more relaxed about it what does it mean to me what is the thing that i'm most worried that will happen and how do i make it safe for me right because it's not about going out into the world and going i'm going to take a million risks right i'm just going to you know jump off do this do that right i'm not going to show up for work today i'm going to phone it like it's about going okay this is what i want to achieve Right? Whether that's work-life balance, whether that's behavioral management, whatever it is, this is what I want to achieve. But for me to be able to take that step to get there, I'm coming out of my comfort zone, right? If I'm going to let go. So you have to do it bit by bit. So I remember when, or I still do it to this day, if something feels overwhelming, I break it down into steps. And the step can be as small as, if I have to write something, I'm going to pick up the pen, right? Because- right, yeah do it every day it feels safe to pick up that pen right then I might be like I'm gonna go grab a bit of paper right I'm not thinking I've got to write this letter I've got to do like that's way way down the line like I'm not I'm literally concentrating on how do I feel safe so when creating a work-life balance it's not a case of well every teacher should work this hour to this hour so many hours a week never at weekends if you want to work at a weekend fine if it helps you feel safe if you're mm. working for the sake of working and you're creating stuff that isn't necessary and doesn't need to be done then that work isn't about what you think it's about that work is protecting you from something else and as a coach it's my job to shine that light and ask those difficult questions and for you to go wait actually you know how well like can i and um, or just supporting you to give yourself permission. Like I have people come on coaching calls with me and I say, you know, what do you want work life answer when they're just starting out? Go, oh, I'd like to go swimming once a week. Right. And to hear yourself say that and go, well, actually, I'd like to go swimming again. I'd like to go swimming once a week. Cool. How do we make that happen? Well, yeah. we've got this work to do. Well, how about like, okay, let's imagine you go swimming in the morning. Could you get that work done in this number of hours? Yes go for it give it a try try it this saturday see how it feels right and lo and behold they did it and they were back to swimming weekly right because it becomes a habit you get up first thing you go oh let's grab work because it's habit instead of going wait actually do i need that amount of time most of the teachers i work with we've got to a stage now where they've been with me six months or a year and they actually, it makes me laugh because they go, I, I tried to bring my laptop home and I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> but they started, they would bring it home every single night. But they've gone gradually from leaving it home once, like, you know, once or leaving it. to. And it's amazing. As a human, you will rewire yourself. Like for me now, it feels wrong to work on a Thursday or Saturday morning. Right? Those are my times, which are my times, where I just know people, know just me. And that's it. Friday night as well is me and my partner's time. That's locked in. There's no phones, nothing. That that time is our time. And so if I come home on a Friday, I'm like, yeah, I'll do some work. My whole body goes, no, you're not. 
No. <laughs> um, because, and I don't because like I've I've already seen it's possible to not use that time and still do what I need to do. Um so it all comes from for like you can read books, you can read stuff online, or whatever. It's practical application is gonna then develop you to reduce stress and anxiety and create work life balance. It's not reading the next quick fix or anything mm, like that. Um, of course. So, it's all about small incremental steps and they're not because sometimes you feel overwhelmed with trying to change everything at once. It's just about just picking the little things and just starting something day to day, mini habits, yeah. then become habitual over time. Yeah, like create that habitual habit that we just our body is used to. Like you said, we'll then go, well, no, actually, we can't. We're not going to go back to doing that anymore because that doesn't feel right anymore. <laughs> so whether it is going to the gym every day or going swimming once a week, it's something that's a habit that becomes ingrained within you. What do you think then um, is a key takeaway for teachers and from listening to this podcast today? Because I think, especially on a Sunday night, the Sunday night dread, even after 14 years of teaching, I still feel that Sunday night <laughs> dread, that lump in my throat. Like, oh gosh, go back to work tomorrow. And obviously we love teaching, but just that, that Sunday night can be really difficult for teachers. What, what takeaway can you give us to just sort of help us feel a bit more relaxed that evening the night before the monday morning begins well it's, it's as i was saying is that I means a great question the sunday blues right and you're like oh i've got to go back um for me personally there's a few different things you can do and things that i've coached ultimately it goes back to what does it mean to you so when you start to panic so like there's no one answer i can give and go this is the magical one right it's what it means to you. So next time you're on a Sunday and you're feeling worried, ask yourself, what is it that I'm worried about? Right? Because the reason your body is going into the threat response is because you perceive school as a threat. So if you perceive it as a threat, then it means that your body is tense, you're worried, you're concerned, everything else, because your body's thinking, oh, it's a threat. So if you're in that borderline of, I'm not sure if I should stay or I should go, you're probably in a negative mindset about school and therefore, or work, however you prefer to call it, and therefore your body is going like a book. Now, if you can hone it in, and writing is a great way to do this, you can just write and just let yourself write and just, you know, don't force, don't try and think about it, just let yourself write. And you're looking at, if I could guess, what is it that I'm worried about, right? And it's usually the first thing that comes to your mind. Like, don't try and think of it. If you try and use your head, your head is going to get in the way. And you'll be like, oh, it's this, it's that. It's that. And it's probably someone's told you that. Right? Do you know what I mean? You've seen it on social media. The best way to do it is just put your hand, either write it and just let it come out. Like, don't think about what you're writing, just write. Mm. Or place your hands on your heart and just close your eyes. Feel the feeling that you're feeling. Um, obviously, make sure you're safe. If you ever delve into feelings, you need to be able to make sure that you've got either you know something we call it the self well it's called the self-soothing toolbox but your limbic system your emotional system in your brain is very much attached to your five senses so it could be a calming photograph a calming song it could be a pet it could be a family member that you just want to hug and um, so if you whether it's touch taste sight sound something that helps you to relax have it near you if you're ever going to delve into emotions you need to make sure that you can come out of it and it doesn't kind of swarm you. Um, so if you're in those Sunday blues and you sit there and you close your eyes, put your hand on your heart um, and just feel in your body, 
and you might get some visions of what it is so if you're a visual person you might see what it is you might feel or you might remember something um and whatever it is you need to make that thing feel safe that makes sense so yeah it, it, like i said it, it's not going to suddenly go away so that's a deeper way of delving into it and going, what is it in particular? And that could be a certain colleague. It could be a conversation you don't want to have. It could be behavioral management. Then you can look at, and this is the balance strategy. So you'd be able to do this in the five days. But um, <laughs> then you want to be looking at going, right, okay, so I know it's this. What do I do about that in order to help myself feel safe? Yeah. And it gives you your power back. Right. And therefore you start to feel more grounded and you start to feel safer. Now, the other way to do it, which is not as deep as that, is to start to do things on a Sunday that feel good for you. Right. Help you to feel good. So there was this is quite extreme. There's a guy called Tim Ferriss. And he did he does lots of podcasts, written loads of books and things like that. Yes, he does. Yeah, he's brilliant. <laughs> you know, everyone has a four hour work week and then <laughs> um he meditated on death which sounds really morbid, but what he did was he, because we all fear it, right? It's part of the ego. Mm -hmm. And so he meditated on the thought of it, the experience of it, going through it, and then he'd watch a comedy afterwards. Okay. So it was he created this link between the thing that we perceive in society as negative, and then he put it with something positive, and therefore his brain started to go, well, it's not a bad thing right? It's fine. Now, it didn't happen overnight. He did it over time. But if you are on a Sunday, instead of sitting there worrying, panicking, picking up work and, and just going over in your head over and over and over, start to look at solutions. Start to look at doing stuff that's positive on a Sunday that you enjoy. Um, and therefore, the associations are going to start to break. Um, and it's not, like I said, it's not going to be a quick fix where you do it and you go, oh, suddenly I feel amazing. You might feel a little bit better. But if you were to do that every Sunday you hopefully start to feel a shift in your body in the way that you perceive school. Um, but as the perception changes, the Sunday Sunday blues and that disappear. Well, disappear, good. <laughs> Over time. <laughs> Once you, because you start to perceive work as a positive and therefore you start to look forward to it. You know, you can also look at, you know, rather than thinking, oh, I don't want to do that, don't want to do that. Start thinking, your language is powerful. Start thinking, oh, I can't wait to see the kids. Mm. Right? talking about the things you love about school your brain goes oh okay good association good right no it's no threat right of course yeah that makes perfect sense it's how we can like trick ourselves it's just that we've learned the number of people that come to me and go oh uh, i think someone posted once oh i've got to go back to dreaded school i was like ditch the word dreaded <laughs> get rid of it because if you keep saying that your brain is going to associate it. And as soon as you associate something negative, you are in a threat response immediately. Mm. Of course. Yeah, fantastic. That's such great advice and such easy things that we can implement as teachers to help us to reduce the Sunday blues, just be able to change our perception over time so that we look forward to going to work and look forward to seeing our students on a daily basis. So where can we find you, Annabelle? Those teachers out there that would love to do the balance strategy, where can we find you? On social media, your websites, where can we find you out there? I'm there, I'm there, I promise. I'm there. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's um, www.worklifebalanceforteachers.com. Um, I'll give you the link and everything. On there, it has, <laughs> it has all of 
our freebies, our coaching, things like that. Um, we are on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram as well. Um, so if you look up Balance for Teachers, I mean, if you're on the website, we've got all of our social media on there. So it's probably, we'll keep it simple. <laughs> we'll keep to just say site um, and then you'll be able to go on the website, contact at me if you want to contact or you can go to any of like Facebook, Twitter. Uh, we're on threads. Has anyone got a hang of threads yet? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's sort of like trying to get the hang of it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we're on different social media forms. So you can choose which one works for you just for tips and advice. But as I said, the website mm. will be up to date and it will have all the information on it. So uh, anyone can go there to, to find us. And of course, the five day challenge is on there. As I said, I do it if you can't, if you're listening after this recording mm. later on. Uh, there's a five day challenge at the beginning of each term and you can just join the next one if you miss the one that's uh we're very excited about uh, coming up on Monday. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Annabelle. Thank you. Like the, the strategies you've given us today, you know, I'm starting to think in my head, well, I can implement that. I can do that from tomorrow even. So um, I know I've got the 5 day challenge Monday, which I'm really excited about, but thank you so much for taking time out today to help teachers and spread the word in terms of how we can improve our work-life balance. And hopefully um, after the five-day challenge, I'll be doing an episode on that and then all teachers know how fantastic it was and then, Hopefully, I'll become involved in the next one for you, which is, is it next term? When does yeah. that start? Beginning of next term, yes. Yeah, so it's April time. -ish. I don't know. But no, after your holidays? Yeah, yeah, we've got, yeah, after, yeah. Whenever there's a holiday, there's a five-day show. Yeah. <laughs> Get you back into it. Um. So, yeah, for sure. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you. My pleasure. <laughs>